it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer. I'm Brews News Editor Matt Kirkegaard, and thanks to Crime Malt, this is Beer is a Conversation. Our weekly sit-down with the people shaping the beer industry, and through these conversations we dig a little deeper into the stories behind the business of beer and brewing. This week we continue our series featuring breweries of the Victorian High Country Brewery Trail, affected by the January bushfires. I need to add that while our late January visit was through this part of Victoria, it was just one of the regions directly affected by fire damage or by loss of tourism. Just today, an article was featured in the News Limited travel sections about another region, the Adelaide Hills, that was urging visitors to return as those towns reopen. There were many communities deeply affected by loss, and it will take a long time to recover. We have seen tremendous support already from the beer community. And also today we see the launch of the Resilience Beer, through which the international brewing community has come together to brew beers and raise money for a wide number of charities, all of which should be celebrated and supported. But if you can, plan to get out and spend in the affected communities as well. It is a great way to help and support them and make a meaningful difference in the recovery. Anyway, this week on the podcast we visit Wangaratta, or as I came to learn it is better known to locals as Wang. And we chat with Grant Jones from Malt Shed Brewing. We learn the background of the business as three mates, lovers of all things malt, decided what the community needed was a brewery. You'll hear the origins and focus of the brewery, the challenges and the achievements in a small town, and also how the friends, having taken it as far as they feel that they can working full time, have decided to put the brewery up for sale for new owners to take it to the next level. It's a great chat about the highs and lows of brewing and ultimately the love of good beer. I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Grant Jones, welcome to Beer is a Conversation. Great, Matt. Thanks for having me. I, I heard a funny joke about a uh, geotech scientist, a vet and a uh, food sales uh, manager um, open a brewery. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, it is. Well, that's the story behind the malt shed. So, um, look, it, it goes back to pretty much just good friends hanging out in, in a country town. And I think we hear a lot of these, these sort of stories. We'd travel the world and been around and settle back professionally in an, in an area and um, hang out and feel like there's something missing. Um, and so, yeah, the, the journey began with us, um, myself as the brewer, um, just, just having a really good time, brewing great beer, catching up, having lots of you know, get-togethers. That merged into good whiskey nights and because we all loved all things malt and I guess that's sort of part of the journey too. And um, we, we, yeah, we, we basically got together and said something's missing in our hometown, which is, which is Wangaratta or Wang. And uh, it was just part of that journey. We decided let's open. Let, let's open something that the community and, and our town can you know, get what, what we, we love. How many beers in were you when the idea first came up? Oh, look, it, it went over a couple of, couple of um, long whiskey nights. <laughs> but um, look, I, it was always a pretty easy decision, I think, to, to – it's, it's always a long journey. It's always a long journey to finally get there. But um, it just felt right for us to sort of um, – when we sat down and have a beer, just, just like all – culture where you share a meal and you should but you're sharing a beer um we felt like it was yeah 
right. It's probably one beer, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess we're talking to you, uh, Matthew and Andrew, um, aren't, aren't with us today. So we'll, we'll, we'll tell the, the, the Grant Jones story. Um, how did you come to be the brewer of this operation? What was your what fostered your love of brewing? Probably, I, I've got a background in science, um, maybe around sort of hydrogeology and water. Um, so the sort of when I started to, I loved beer. Um, to start with, tried to make it very early on in my uni days. I think like a lot, like a lot of people, and didn't get it right. Uh, Travelling overseas, um, as I think a lot of people experienced, um, especially in the UK, came back and went, I can't find that. I've got to make it. And I started to, to experiment. Had some really good friends in Canberra. Um, we probably hear about the Canberra's um, quite a lot. They're a fantastic club, a lot of good culture. And being, being part of and knowing people around that, just learning um, some basics, it was a really good process to, I thought I want to have a crack. So I just started brewing at home, but I jumped straight into all grain. I just... I, I, I read a few books and the chemistry was easy. Yep, that's that's straightforward. That all makes sense. Um, so the experimentation basically started from there and um, uh, just really started to enjoy that process of just really experimenting and putting beers out there. Um, and it sort of grew to, to sort of going that mm, people like it, maybe should do it a bit more often. Was there an element of, gee, owning a brew pub would be fun, you know, knocking beers out, chatting to a lovable land of, uh, band of locals, and not thinking about everything else that's involved? Oh, no, certainly. I think that's part of our partnership that we have here with Andrew and, and Matt as well. Um, both been in, in small business for a long period of time. Uh, Matt in the hospitality industry as a chef first and now doing commercial catering sort of equipment still does. So that part, we, we, we sort of know the dynamics and, and, and know the process of what it, what it takes. Um, you, you always, um, you, know, you know, for us, it was more about Wangaratta. It's 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 very much each of these things are very different in where they are. Um, the, the, obviously, the type of markets and what you're going to put out there, food wise. So, I had a very much aware that yep, it's a can be a bit of a challenge um, dealing with chefs. I think everyone says that. <laughs> um, um, quite interesting. But look, I think think for us, it was um, certainly really aware of where we're going in, what it was going to be about, and it's really just hoping that you know the locals, particularly as well, get behind us and you know experience what it is. Now, I, I don't know Wang Garada terribly well, or Wang. Um, I've driven through it on my way elsewhere. I know it from, uh, you know, Australian history. But I, I'm just, I, I just seized a little bit on when you sort of said we felt that there was something missing. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a country town. It would have three or four pubs, um, you know, beautiful old pubs. What was missing that you felt that, malt brewing um would add to it the, so i should say malt shed yeah malt so, shed, so yeah, we don't yeah. so we, we, yeah, we don't right. want to spark any uh... <laughs> yeah that's right um so the the thing that was really missing what we felt was this thing around a community hub or sort of experience for us us here um can always be a um challenge i i have a really strong passion around things that are truly for the community and community interests um i don't like things like pokies um a lot of you know, venues sort of talk about how they give back to the community. I'm but sitting here a, saying testify in the world. And it's a, quite a shame that they think that they're part of their community when it's a, it's a real, it's a moral thing. And I think for us, it was very much about um, what was missing. Was this great community place? Things to do. Um, one of the things we heard a lot about was there's nothing to do, nothing to go out, you know. So for us, it was about creating a place to come, whether it's to meet up with friends, meet up with families, have a good trivia night, 
um, come and see some great music um, locally. Often it was hard to, you know, even go and see some really good music, whether it's independent music or all sorts of music. So it was part of that process. It was about the overall experience as well as um, there's no doubt our region has a lot to offer. It has some of the best wineries, I think, going around. It has some of the best breweries um, here and always will. Um, so all those experiences are there. But for us, it was, it was our little town. Um, well, not such a little town, but certainly, um, you know, something that we wanted to, to continue to build. But it's funny you say that because that's something that resonates with me personally is that, you know, I look at a pub that's got pokies um, ends up being a pokies business um, in, in my view. And, you know, the rest of the business is designed around attracting people in to play the pokies because that's where they make their money. And so you put cheap beer and cheap food so you can offer something that will get people in so they'll play the pokies. And when that's the attraction, you're not in my view, um, celebrating that sense of community. You're not offering something that people will come to for reasons other than that. Um, and if you want to become a, a place that people come and sit and engage and socialise, then the offer needs to be a little bit different to that. Yeah. What have you guys done, uh, apart from beer and brewing, yeah. what have you guys done at, at the, the, the Malt Shed brew pub um, to encourage that sense of community yeah look certainly I think I think it is part of things like we've just done with our trivia nights it was sort of you know it, it's about those things to do so you know for us um, putting on pub trivia every you know, most Wednesday nights um, people just grabbed onto that straight away it just being able to go somewhere something to do it's free you don't have to it's not a $10 entry fee or anything like that it's about come on in get some friends get your work colleagues together come in and have you know something to do on a Wednesday night um, same thing whether whether it's also around music we've we've tried to be a supporter as much as we can we've been a big supporter of some festivals like hitch to the sticks and um we're trying to bring lots of regional talent as well as other things here um to experience that um we do have jazz festival and wang and a few other things but for us it was about how can we encourage you to you know it might cost you 10 bucks but come and try and listen to some really good music if, if you can so yeah it's sort of a different atmosphere as well you know keeping even the food offer a bit more um it's a great high quality food but it's relaxed you but know? you've got a hospitality that's the other thing you had someone who had a hospitality background as one of the three founders of the business so that was something that you obviously focused on yeah look I, we felt it was very important to provide both that that offer together you know the the, the beer works really well with the food but um the, the hospitality offer is really critical um i think to, for people to come in to to relax to have something to do um but also catch up with friends and families functions um you know that's part of a core part of it too where come in here not in a stale function room where you, you know you can't see outside the windows and actually have a great experience in the beer garden um and yeah basically you know have, have have a good time and how have the wang locals embraced it you know what was that something that not just only you guys were missing but there has been a consensus that other people have missed that feeling as well look absolutely we've had we've had i think when we've seen it right from day one um people that have walked through and continue to walk through over nearly coming up three years um middle of this year that um we're constantly seeing new people come in um and really embrace it people just loved it straight away by just going great finally um or or just it's it's, it's my place it feel, i feel like this is this is my place um look i think it's like any any sort of particularly in country towns and, and businesses, I think you look at our tap selection, we're here for everyone. We're not just here for 
for that one person that likes a certain beer or likes a certain we have local distilleries local wine just be able to basically saying that's what we're really about as as, as well it's um catering for everyone and you've also got guest taps i'm looking at yeah, uh you know, we've, we've just come from the king river brewery mm-hmm. and you've got their rule 47 yeah 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 yep yeah. so the um that's the collaboration the high country brew trail yeah the rule 47 oh sorry um, it was a collaboration yeah, yeah, sorry. so from last year but yes no we do rotate um around so we've even got our friends up at tumut um got got some of theirs on at the moment and uh yeah look we, we it's really been a part of that and i think that's part of that hub we we're talking about and community is actually you might not be able to get here and see everyone and what we want to be able to do is open that up too it's about actually come here if you're coming through have there you can perhaps try a few beers from yep up from king river or black dog or, or bridal beechworth um and you can go oh great I, I want to actually get up there and try some more so it's about opening up that experience because um what we've always felt it's not all about us either it's about our region and it's about our town and it's about um we have a lot of locals too that um want to want to basically have that i think that's what we're seeing in the beer game my variety is key um it's like you might start on one and move to the next so you yeah it's really important to have that as well and I, i'm getting the feeling that it's not always uh that maybe hops and uh yeast aren't your big passion uh, mm. when it when it comes to beer so do you tend to focus more on the malt absolutely it was probably a little bit around around the name so i touched earlier on about Whiskey was a big part of, you know, our journey as well. And we still got that, you know, our whiskey list is quite extensive here as well. But um, no, look, it certainly is. It's, um, I've always been um, a brewer that's designed beers from from the base up, as I call it, which is really is the malt or the malt base and trying to really get those characters out and build that up and then think about the other components a little bit well, later. Well, have a background process. in water chemistry. So mm. it, and when we spoke briefly off mic, you mm. put the malt and the water very much hand in hand. Yes. And I, look, and I think that was really a critical factor, I think, around consistency in, in, in brewing. But what I felt was, was really getting those characters right in, in the beer, particularly as to its style, but also just how, how I wanted those beers to reflect. So, yeah, very much, um, yeah, as we know, the, you know, the chemistry side of things, not only the brewing process in a sense of getting temperature right and those other processes, but just how they react, the water chemistry side of things. And I felt that that was the sort of – that's what I focus on and um, have always really – thought about any beer that I'm going to create, start there, get those characters out and then build it up. Again, I, I don't mind admitting that, you know, as a somebody who is an industry observer, sitting in my little office uh, up there in Brisbane, removed from what's going on, you know, I, I saw the trademark dispute that was going on and you, you say impartial to it, but you just sort of think, oh, just, you know, come up with another name Maybe. because yeah. it's easier. But it's, it, it's when I hear you talk and heard of yeah. you talk about malt off mic I can suddenly sense that reason that it was so important to you uh, around the name it it, it it was it was really part of our journey as well and also um, what our beer how our beers are, are really designed and, and also expressed so yeah it was we we we, we felt it was something that um, wasn't an issue um, and yes we, we definitely sat back and spoke to a few very expensive lawyers <laughs> and, um, and, and you do and for, kind of go oh geez for, for people that don't know yeah. um, you called your brewery Malt Shed yes you had emails or letters from the Malt Shovel yes. um, brewery and there was a Brisbane brewery uh, called Malt, Malt Brewing yep. that just sort of said look yeah maybe you're right and, and change but you guys dug your heels in and so said no this is our name too yeah look look, look we did and our, our full name was malt shed brewery and you know versus malt shovel brewery and um so look it, in in the end for us it was about um as i said we we felt that um we, we created a name that was independent that was different um 
and and that's the process we went through. So look, we were, um, we, we did, we just didn't want to go, look, um, this wasn't about big boy versus little boy. This was really around our, how we felt strong about it. Um, it cost us, <laughs> but it's, I think it's just part of that process. Where we, I think it does reflect what, what we are and, and what we continue to be. Was it unpleasant and expensive or just expensive? Like was oh, it? Things always unpleasant and expensive <laughs> when you're a small business and trying to do two jobs at one time and, and, and sort of keep it going. But I, I think it's, um, you know, we look back at it now and we, we've discussed as the three of us that we don't think we'd change any of, any of that the way we've, um, you'd, you'd like it to have been certainly less stressful. And when you're weighing up all sorts of things when you start a business, that, that obviously came in very, not long after we sort of, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of lead time leading into it. And then when you're opening and you're starting to get things up and something like this, you know, that sort of stuff's happening in the background. It um, does create a little bit of uncertainty, but we were very focused on, yeah, we wanted it to go. When you sat back having your malt whiskey nights and thinking we love beer, the community's missing something, what was the vision for what you wanted to, to open? And how did that change with the practical realities of actually brewing day-to-day um, and serving people day-to-day? You know, w- was there a change and did you evolve? Oh, look, yeah, it certainly is um, involved. Our, our bre- brewing journey, I suppose, from, from that side of things is, um, I said, we're not only a venue, we're a brewery, um, but we're also a community hub and sort of those three things together, what makes you money and what does, you know, <laughs> they're very most things. There's a lot of things that we wanted to do very early on to, to achieve that community vision and process. And that, that's very hard to uh, always keep on driving because they're not always cost, cost efficient. Mm. Um, but look, I think for us, we, we just continue to evolve around understanding what our food offer needed to be, both for locals and, and, and tourists, um, and also how we're producing our, our beer. We've been very clear from the start is, you know, we wanted to experience brew a lot here in our venue, but we do work with a lot of other breweries outside to, to Gypsy Brew and contract to, to get up our supply so we can continue to keep our beer out there as well and that was that was always a very hard decision because I wanted to kind of do everything myself but it was part of our journey and we knew we had to sort of be a little bit flexible as we grew um, as well. From a business point of view is there anything that you would have done differently starting out you know in hindsight oh we could have made life a little bit easier we could have gotten bigger we could have. Oh yeah look we we always sort of look back a little bit of that but it, it potentially uh, will certainly be around uh, sometimes the beer side is we we always wanted to go cans right from the start and we started with some bottles and then we end up with a lot of stuff around bottles that was so yeah we sort of we look back at it at sort of how we you know we could get momentum around certain things um because that you're always trying to work out how you start um what you can afford when you're starting versus building or investing in um the sort of startup but i think what we've always done particularly here in the venue is continue to reinvest in in having for those experiences that we wanted to create here as well so you know really getting our yard up to you know up to speed so we can have those bands and those communities here um continue to always put on new beers so you know we got that experience here each time someone comes in there's something new as well so yeah we've always um had to adjust a little bit but it's um it 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 I've always looked at it as um, if you're never learning, you're never adjusting, you're never growing, it's um, not a good place to be. You've really got to always be reviewing that and continuing to adjust and change. How have the locals responded to having their own little Wang Brewery? Oh, look, it's um, it's hard. We don't always get a lot of feedback about, um, oh, we're proud to have a you know local brewery here. But we do get some of the people talking about, oh, we've got um, – a great place and I think that comes in our visitation that we have here there's a lot of friends and family you know people, we, we notice when people have got friends and family up from Melbourne or here where they they sort of want to come and and show it off a little bit so that's 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 really nice and um so we, we certainly get that I think it's 
part of the challenges we talked about earlier on. Um, you know, you've got to got to try and bring as many locals in as we possibly can. And that's about, we're not excluding anyone with the beers that we sort of try and have as well. We've just had the lovely, you know, Lager del Rio. It's the sort of thing that 15, 20 years ago at the birth of what we now call craft beer, yeah. people would probably have, you know, turned their nose up at because it didn't have a thousand IBUs of hops or whatever. But it's a lovely beer. It's got a lovely lingering um, bitter aftertaste yeah. without being overpowering. And I would imagine that for the beer drinkers up the road who are drinking some of the product that's been sent a couple of hours up the highway, um, it would probably appeal to them. But then I guess do they understand why they're paying a little bit more here? Look, that, that's always a hard – hard. Um, but I think people have got onto that. Um, we've, we've been very surprised that people that are coming in just buying cases go, I see, I love that. That's, that's my beer. And But they progressed through it too. We had people like exactly like with the lager start with that saying – it's my best beer, and then we brought out our hazy, and they go, "Oh my god, that's the best!" You know, and they've sort of so that they've sort of developed their beer journey um, with our beer as well. But the look, the Lager del Rio, um, obviously Lager of the River, you know, um, um, in a Mexican term, so it's got that Mexican style theme. But for us, it was around trying to develop a beer that was really around what we do locally here for fun and just sort of um, what reflects our region. So around the river, the ovens and Kings rivers are a key and linking that back to our traditional owners. So it's a bit of a respect too, to the Bangarang and the local traditional owners who used to live on the river and, and basically the value in that um, because our water comes from the river um, as well. So linking all that back there is it's, we're in pristine country here and um, how how the life thrives around the river is um, very key. So we wanted to sort of reflect that in a beer, and that's what that's what the lager is. And does that um, you know again? I'm try, sort of trying to think. That there are so many elements to what makes somebody buy a beer. Um, there's a lot of emotion and instinct that, that goes in it because we don't research it the way that we research a car and look at features. It's very much what does this beer do for me and being local you know being my state beer mate mm. that's um a, a big part of it and i'm just sort of trying to understand who is coming in and are they coming in for the beer or their um sociability or the sense of community or you know do things like when you're a small brewery and your beer is more expensive does that um you know make it harder to penetrate a, a market like wayne yeah, look, it's, it certainly does. We we certainly don't see everyone coming in going, yep, my um, $4.80 pot or whatever it is nowadays is cheaper at the malt shed than it is down. <laughs> it definitely is that experience that they're, they're getting here. But also we've always been focused on quality, you know, making sure the beer is always good. You know, yep, my beer lines are clean now. You know, like all the basic things around running, having a good quality product at the end of the day. Um, it, it is always a challenge to get people to transition from one product to, to the next and get them in the door. But they're coming in, um, I think from they come in at different times. So we, we, we do get a lot of tradies um, coming in a, a beer after work and have a quick catch up and then they're out or, or we get them back in again for a, you know, a meal with the family and you know, the whole mix. So it's really that balance um, and different experience at different times. Are you getting lots of support from the, from the other pubs in the, in, in the main strip? Uh, no. No, it's as simple as that. I think I think it's um, it's always been a very hard. We felt it's probably one of the things you talk about earlier on about underestimating, and we, we always sort of said that you know we're a brewery first, and that's kind of what we want to do and try and get our product um, into those others. It's been a real challenge. Um, we know the challenges around contracts and always use an excuse in the world or ah oh, just won't sell or whatever. But we also have some great brewers in this region that have been in there a long time, and they feel they feel very supported by them as well, which is great um, because 
I always think as long as there's some local it is great. But look, yeah, we, we've been very disappointed with um, you know, some of the hotels and things just saying, you know, products in your fridges and if they're here local, are they gonna, and just struggling to really um, see them, to see the value um, in some of that and rather than using the excuse of, well, they don't know know it so they're not going to buy it so is it yeah it's always that, that circle but it's always it is has always been a challenge um but ever since day dot we've had some great supporters around the region you know what we call our hyper region so within sort of 100 kilometers being strong supporters from the start and that's um continued so it's been good you, you say that they don't see value in it is it that they don't see value in the product or they don't see the value because they're not getting the two dollars a litre they're not getting the two dollars a litre and they just it's that perception of they don't think they'll buy it. So it's sometimes even giving it a go to first. And as we know, with all those products, it sometimes take a while to get a little bit of momentum. But yeah, that's, I think it's all the challenges around, you know, margins and we all know about rebates and, you know, all that sort of process um, that, that happens in the industry. And that, that's tough when you, when you sort of, you know, as I said, our margins, in, you know, in, in our part are always pretty well set. Um, we can't suddenly go and adjust and do too much to that. Um, so it is what it is. And we, we, we see the people that do value that get the returns. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. And it's one of the things that we love to talk about because I, I, I think as an industry observer, you see a lot of people who, when they open the brewery, they've got the vision on what they want to create. They've got the vision on what they love about the industry. And they're a little bit blinkered to the realities that you know that, that all of them have to confront and successful breweries and unsuccessful breweries all have to confront those same those same issues but one of those is the, the business that goes on in the marketplace it's a little bit you know it, and it does come down to dollar and cents and you've got publicans that will say like the idea and you know if you ask them in a poll you know do you like buying local oh yeah i love buying local up until it's their dollar and their rebate that they're they're giving up. Yeah, and no, look, and and the way we also see that back in is um, how, how we're sort of listening to them um, as a brewery, and we, we we did that very early on too to hear about someone were going, oh, it's all the same stuff. So you know, so when we said with the lager and with a few, as we started to go, well, what products are we producing? How do us as a brewery locally go? Well, what's missing? Um, you know, so to bringing out, you know, the lager and our hazy, I think we want the earliest locally to actually package a hazy um, in the, in this region. And it was sort of suddenly now, Bright Scott and Blizzard's got one, you know, Bridge Road's put out one. And so it's great. Um, but it was kind of, you know, had to, had to, we had to adapt to kind of listen to getting our product out there as well. And that's that's always about trying to read markets and, and beer products and, and trying to adapt. And I think that, that adaptability is always pretty important too, to... Um, you know, as, as I said, we can only get them across the line so much and maybe it's around the product or make sure the quality is still good. Um, but what's our story? Mm. Yeah. As I look over your shoulder, I see a, a big look for this independence seal yep. poster. Yep. You know, what does independence mean? Because, yeah. again, lovely beer. Yeah. Um, the, the, the lager that we've just had is a, is a lovely beer. But independence doesn't make it taste no. Better, it may it may give it the perception yep. depending on what your political bent is. Mm-hmm. But what what does independence mean um, in, in your view? Yeah, um, for us, um, it was really back to about the ownership of us. Um, in a sense of we are a family run, you know, three family run sort of you know business um, that is important. But the, the the key part of it was we're local. So when when I've always seen independent, I've always seen of it. It's a local. It stays 
stays locally and, and sh- should be local. That's um, my worst drive. So when I still travel, when I still do, it's probably, I've always been that from a wine sense as well. Um, when I've travelled in a wine region or travelled around, I always go, well, what's the local wine? I'm not going to go and buy something from over there because I can get that at Dan's or I could, yeah, I'm always all about, I'm always looking for regionality and, mm-hmm. and local. So for us, it was a strong pit. Of, it, it can help to get us be seeing people that are passionate about that, but we just hope it's about local and regional um, and how that, what that means for our region. And we've seen that pretty recently, obviously about how it's important regionally, you know, together as a cooperatives or um, together for us as a region, it's important that people recognize that, um, you know, it's 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 a we are all working together and from a regional context as well. I mean, we're certainly not um, champions or you know advocates of independence, but I'm always fascinated because we we try and impartially view the industry. But I am always fascinated by the, the arguments behind things and mm. and looking at it. And I think the the bushfires, which is one of the reasons that we came here, and we don't want to make the chat all about the bushfires, mm. but you do realise that whilst communities are very resilient in a lot of ways economies can be very fragile um, because they're so interconnected and so interrelated and when you have something that affects an entire community that does wash through yeah it it certainly does and i think it's sometimes they can get built up over a a long period of time around connectivity and i think but I, I also surprised I had a chat with a couple of the wineries recently and just seeing how much they've been – these businesses have been around a long, long period of time and so that, that recognition of people are always coming and people and then suddenly it can be cut off really quickly – they are small. They are family-run businesses. Um, always have been, and um, even though they grow or that process, um, that ability for them to, to people who recognise them as being being local, being independent, and mm. process is, is is very critical. Um, I, I think the, the the process of being independent. We talked about process. We've got to differentiate ourselves somewhere, and it's part of that journey. But I think sometimes it's dulling dulling a little bit deeper down into that process about what it actually means for each of those breweries as well. But having, when I mean, how many staff do you guys employ here? Yeah, we've got sort of three, three to four full, well, three full time, and then a whole lot of list of casuals and part times as we as we sort of ramp up. But yeah, so you know, us us as directors and owners of the business are working in it still. Um, don't take anything out. <laughs> the other thing is like a lot of those things. But we're, yeah, we're creating jobs and we're um, creating that you know that stability for our region. We hope. Um, but yeah, there's always that challenge around that. Is um, yeah, we're we're um, I think what's hard with Wang too is we're not a uni town or other processes, so you know, we don't have a lot of um, changing staff sometimes and different ages and <laughs> that sort of stuff. So yeah. you, you've mentioned the three owners, and uh, we, we recently ran a, a story on uh, Bruce News how um, after three years the three owners are looking at transitioning out of the business because, uh, and, and from if I can paraphrase, please correct me if I'm not saying this right, is that. Whilst you love the idea of creating this venue, um, you'd hope to transition into the business full time a, a little bit quicker. Yeah, yeah, well, sort of, or, or, or a um, a balance where we could grow it at the the pace that we sort of needed it to yep. um, as well. And I guess, um, yeah, sort of the process for us was to really ha- we knew right from the start we got to invest both you know time as the journey sort of develops. But I guess where we've got to is some of those challenges around time commitment is really where, where we're at, you know, um, said doing other jobs. It's very, very hard when you're 
coming in on weekends and then doing all the bits you're trying to catch up with on the weekends or night. Um, and having families. Families. And that's, that <laughs> is know. the big one. I've got three kids and, um, you know, the other part, we've all got um, actually three kids each. <laughs> um, so it's um, it, it's a big, and, and Matt especially has got three under three nearly. So it's mm. um, a massive, I think everyone has got young kids and things like that. We can understand the um, the challenges. So, so for us, it was um, really just, we'd, we'd like to perhaps be a bit, further progressed from from where we're at the moment but it still needs a little bit we hope someone can come in and really take it take it further let's talk a little bit about your beard um we've talked on the uh uh, lager del rio and also your passion for um malt but what what sort of beers resonate around here and what sort of and does that coincide with the beers that you want to make yeah look there's always that challenge i think i I only did that the other day was look back at the beers that we started with <laughs> and one of the beers that's constantly been on there from the start has been our Dark Mild. So, um, yeah, that's our 2.4. It's our light beer, but it's a... Uh, look, it's a cracking beer. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beer that I brewed beforehand, and I when we first saw it, said, "I'm going to I'm going to make that beer. I don't I'm going to convert people to well-made light or or mid-strength beers that are full-flavored, and th- and that's what that beer is. And we're lucky enough to win a few medals last year, which was great. You know, gold at the Indies and and silver at AIBA. So, um, and th- that that was really around. I was surprised how much following that beers had since we've opened particularly around like tradies and people coming in just saying 2.4 percent i can have a couple i love it it's full flavored um and it's a great it's a great beer and it's one i was always a bit hesitant hesitant about um but that's been real success you know our, our wang bitter was was about trying to get that draftish style easy easy drinking beer through but ever since we brought the lager out as i talked about before that's that migration i I sort of talked about they a lot of the drinkers originally having bitter yeah have sort of gone to the lager now and um so it's sort of transitioning as we go but um i haven't adjusted even the recipes too much in the first in in this time too it's um you know it's been a few people you know you sort of go oh can you make that a little bit hoppier well no that's not what I want from that beer. So, um, but I go, hey, hey, try this beer. There's guests that we got on and that'll, uh, oh yeah, that's nice. So us, the balance between what we're producing, but also trying to encourage people to try other things. I've been a big supporter of that. I've, I'm not a big IPA. I don't brew a lot of IPAs. We do our red IPA, which is um, our red wang. Um, and basically that beer is very different but I say there's some great IPAs out there. Have you know? <laughs> I don't have to feel like I need to produce a great um, IPA as, as well because I like people. There's some great ones out there as well. How important from from a business sense do you think it is for a brewery to know its niche? I think it's really important, both um, from a a locals um, point of view, but also understand what does it mean for us and our beer that we're producing. Um, I think there's always that balance of people always say this: oh, we need a pale and we need a you know, easy drinking beer, your gateway beer or whatever you, you, know, you, you call it. I think that's really important, but I think it is people to understand that what, what, what is that brewery either, either known for its production. I think we're seeing that with some breweries at the moment, whether they're the sours or the specialties or – and that's what I think people recognise um, the brewery from. Just touching a little bit on the, on the bushfires, I think you were saying for a day or two, uh, a week or so ago, that Wingrad had the worst – Air quality in the world. Well, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunately we've got one of the local uh, EPA monitoring stations here in Wangaratta. So it was, it was exactly in Wang, I'm not too sure, but <laughs> no, it was in, in our region. It's one of those unfortunate things that we happened you know, through that bushfire is it probably wasn't necessarily where the fires were. It was 
is really, you know, the smoke and how that hung around and how difficult it was to, to even enjoy yourself, even us as a family, and it's very difficult to get around and um, travel when it's, you know, um, that poor air quality. So, yeah, it's unfortunately just, you know, uh, going back to my geologist, just the way the landscape is here at the moment, you know, it fogs in here and also the smoke settles in a little bit um, down on the plains. So it's um, it does hang a little bit. We're lucky it's all changed now and it's uh, beautiful and back to nice fresh alpine air. And, and Wayne wasn't directly impacted by the fires, was it? But what was the uh, sort of, what, what did you notice around that time? Yeah, look, we certainly, so Wayne Greater became one of the evacuation points. Um, so the closest fires were up uh, the back, or up around sort of the Abbey Yard, um, Mount Buffalo area and um, more to the Alps. So um, basically what we saw is we did feel, see a few people come into town, but it basically just stopped that uh uh, transition through the region um, and general visitation. Even though we're, we're a business, you know, I talked a lot about locals and things. We, I know here locally from, from our business, we probably get a majority of the, the tourists, um, you know, sort of coming in with up to the information centre, what's around, and they do come and visit us and experience that. And we certainly have seen that that change. It's the just people aren't around, people aren't travelling through and have been in the region. I think that's what we've what we've seen. So even though you're not directly impacted, it is often what we're seeing across the region. Um, and yeah, direct visitation has probably been one of the one of the key the, the key impacts. Yep. Grant Jones, thank you very much for joining us on uh, Beer as a Conversation. All, all the very best both for your continued involvement in Malt Shed and also as you uh, transition out. And uh, thank you for uh, being part of this chat. Thanks, mate. Come and visit us. <laughs> Absolutely, everyone. And that was Grant Jones. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Crime Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Crime Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. Your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Brews News. And this special series was also made possible with the assistance of Convoy Kegs, who assisted us to get to the high country so we could tell their stories. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation.